just want to take a moment. My name is Chris, and I want to take a moment, and I just want to raise the roof. Two things I want to celebrate this morning. The first one is I want to celebrate and honor our senior pastors, Pastor Chad and Pastor Don Everett here this morning. Let's just raise the roof this morning. So thankful for them online this morning. We love you. The second thing is I want to celebrate our dream team. Come on, give it up for dream teamers this morning, making things happen, making this service happen right here today. Powerful. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, we're going to get right in the word today. But before we do that, I just had a, uh, the anointing just came upon me, and I have to give you something that I feel like the, the Spirit um, is really on this morning. He said that water turned into wine. This is powerful. A covenant pastor was driving back from Iowa, and he gets stopped for speeding in, in Minnesota. The officer smells alcohol on the pastor's breath and then sees an empty wine bottle on the floor of the car. This is going south quick. He says, sir, have you been drinking? I know the response to this. Ask the officer, just water, replies the pastor. Having none of this, the officer slowly and deliberately asks again, then why do I smell wine? Without so much of a, as a blink of an eye, the pastor looks down at the bottle and exclaims, good Lord, he's done it again. That's our God. He's done it again. Yeah. I told you it was a spiritual moment. Hey, if you have your Bibles this morning, electronic devices, you're watching by line this morning, follow along with us, your electronic device, your Bible, your iPad, whatever you use to um, use your Bible, you version. Um, we're going to talk this morning about raising our expectation. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 3. Yes. Woo. Acts chapter 3. We're going to get right in. Hey, we had three people in the first service, I think, give their hearts to the Lord. And we're just expecting more people, not only to have fresh starts, but people to be baptized. We're expecting the power of baptism to go viral here in this place. Amen. So we're going to start with Acts chapter 3. And we're going to start right there in the first verse. That's a great place to start in Acts chapter 3. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, which was 3 o'clock. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. So get this in mind. We have a lame man at a beautiful gate. A lame man at a beautiful gate. That was carried there. So I just want to point out something in this script here. Is the Bible says that he was a man. But from his mother's womb, he had this condition, this disability. And he was carried there. But what happens next is so powerful. And I want you to get a hold of this because this is something in my life, this is something that I have to grasp in my life as well. It says, to, he asked for alms from those who entered the temple who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Fixing his eyes on him with John and Peter, he said, look at us. So Peter and John, here they are with this lame man, and they're saying, hey, look at us. Just like everybody's looking at me right now, real intently, anticipating what's going to happen. Something powerful happens here. It says, so he gave 
Then his first attention, or his attention, expecting to receive something from them. I hope that you came here this morning expecting to receive something. I believe God wants to raise our expectation this morning. And as I begin to think about this, this um, thought has been pondering all week on this thought about, about it is finished. We're going to continue this series, it is finished. How many enjoyed this series? It is finished. And this just kind of ties right into it is finished because the reality of what happened when Jesus said it is finished, sometimes, how many would agree with me that sometimes your conditions and the places where you may lay, sometimes there's some disappointments and some discouragements that keep you from the reality of what Jesus said that we can have. Jesus said it was finished. It is finished. So if he said it's finished, then how do I get to the place, that reality, because reality means something that really exists. I can tell you this morning that Jesus did say it is finished, and he did go to the cross. And he said it is finished, that's the reality. Now how do I get myself and my faith to the place of that reality? The same as this man dead here. A powerful word called expectation. We're raising our expectation. If we never raise our expectation, we'll never see the reality or embrace the reality of what God says that we can have. Because he said it was finished. Well, I'm glad you asked the definition of expecting because I want to give it to you this morning. The word expecting, expectation simply means a strong belief that something might. No. A strong belief that something will happen. Can I encourage somebody today that will you believe for a strong belief that something that you've allowed your expectation to expire on? God said there's going to be people at the sound of your voice today that they have allowed their expectation to be expired. You know, like sometimes you might, you might be driving along and you get pulled over and you don't realize that six months ago your, your sticker was expired. And you say, God, wasn't there a grace period there? He said, yeah, there's grace. But we have to believe strongly that something is going to happen in our life. I just want to give somebody some encouragement and exhort some people today to encourage you to go back to the place to where you allowed your expectation to expire and believe the reality that Jesus said it is finished. When he said it's finished, he said, I want you to embrace the thought that it is finished. How do I bring what it is finished into my life? Through expectation. And sometimes, just like this man here, he was actually expecting money. That's what he was expecting. Sometimes you may be expecting the wrong, the, something different and God shows up and your whole life begins to be transformed because you were thinking that somebody, you were going to get money and God comes up and grace says that I give you forgiveness of your sins. That's what happened to me in my life, a little life testimony. My father became ill with a, with a um, uh, with cancer, and uh, he became ill. And 10 months later, he had passed away. And, you know, I prayed. I was living in the world, and I was living in sin and doing all these things. And I just, I just was like, man, I want to see my dad healed. I want to see that healing come. How many knows that sometimes, sometimes what you're praying for, sometimes the reality of what something is, doesn't always happen. 
But I had an expectancy that I was going to see him healed. But guess what happened? When I came and I walked down that aisle and walked down that altar at Marshall Ferry General Baptist Church, I gave my life to Jesus, not knowing that Jesus was not going to heal my dad, but he was going to heal me from the inside out. That was a moment in my life when I raised the expectation. I was expecting something else, but God began to radicalize my heart and transform me into a new person. He gave me 2 Corinthians 5.17. <laughs> I was a new creature from that day. From that day. So how do we get from the reality of what God says that we can have? He said it is finished. Everything's at our disposal. Everything that we have. Everything that, that he has given us. Well, there's one scripture that says in Luke chapter 3, he was talking about, John was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he was talking that, that there's going to be one talking about Jesus that's going to come after me someday. And I'm going to baptize you with fire, John says, but, or baptize you with water. And the one that comes after me is going to baptize you with fire. Sounds fun, right? Yeah. He's going to baptize you with fire. But that whole scripture is hinging on one thing. Luke chapter 3, it said, while the people were on their tiptoe in expectation. They were on their tiptoes. In other words, they were eager and they were expecting and they were anticipating the fire of the Holy Spirit to be poured out. And I believe that's the way we should be in our life. I believe that we should be on our tiptoes with anticipation and expecting the reality of the kingdom to come to earth. We were geared that way. We were geared to know and to embrace and have the reality of what God says that we can have when he said it is finished. I don't know what you need this morning. I don't know what you're struggling for, but that depression is not yours. Here's why I know that that depression is not yours. Here's why I know that that same old struggle with alcohol and drugs and pornography and all these things. Here's why I know today. It's because of this passage of scripture right here. Here's why we know. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, against you, against me, which was contrary to us, and having, and he, being Jesus, has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. He nailed your depression to the cross. He nailed your struggles to the cross. He nailed everything that you're going through to the cross. Listen to me this morning, by watching by line or right here in the auditorium. If that decision that you're just struggling with and you're not knowing what to do in that choice that you're trying to make, he's already nailed the decision to the cross. He's waiting for you to arrive and understand that here's the reality of the kingdom of God, and he wants to give it away. Come on. He wants to give it away to you, but he's waiting for you to show up. And the way that you show up is you have high expectations. You say, well, I've been burnt too many times. You won't be burnt with Jesus, I can tell you right now. You might be burnt with some people that you should have let go a long time ago in your life. But they keep on lingering around. And you need to tell them people, you need to get out of my life. Because what nailed, what these things that you're bringing in my life is not what Jesus, is what Jesus nailed to the cross that said, I don't have to deal with. Sometimes it's just the click of a button. You want to make some people mad, you just defriend them on Facebook. <laughs> Woo! World War III, man, I'm telling you. Chemical attacks, all I'm telling you right now. I said this a couple Wednesdays ago. Them are the people that you didn't need in your life anyway. But sometimes we lay in that condition 
like the lame man, we lay in that condition. How long will you lay in that condition? Remember, there was one time in the Bible in John chapter 3 where there was this man that was for, for 38 years, he had this infirmity in his body, and he was laying by this pool of healing, this place of healing. About like you today, you're laying by the pool today, and God's speaking his word, and he's going to heal you today. And they're just lay, he's laying by the pool, and Jesus shows up, and Jesus asks him one question. He said, do you want to get well? But you know what? Sometimes people don't want to get well because they like the pity and they like the drama that they go through in that same condition. I'm talking to myself this morning because sometimes I like to wallow in my pity and I like for everybody to feel sorry for me. No, we don't have time for everybody to feel sorry for us. We, we got to embrace the fact that Jesus nailed it to the cross and we got to go away healed and transformed and a new life to begin. God began to say that the reality of what I did on the cross, the expectation is the beginning of that. That's where your new life begun, begins with expectation. Because how do you get from a reality what Jesus did on the cross? That's just hard for me to comprehend that Jesus would say it was finished. What was he saying was finished? There's a big gap between sometimes between what we know and what we do. I don't just want to give the devil a black eye. I want to, I want to wake up every morning and the devil say, man, that guy's up again. I thought that I'd done away with him. We want him to have to take... Tylenol, we wanted to have to take Rolaids after every day because he hurt so bad. We just messed him up. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about what we are. He doesn't care about where we've been, but he does care about where we're going. Come on, if we raise the expectation in this house, I can tell you right now that there will be something. There's something stirring. We're praying for revival right here in the midst of Crossroads, and people are being healed. We've heard testimonies. Fresh starts are happening. Man, it's just powerful. We're in the midst of revival. We need to celebrate and raise the expectation and say more because expectation has no limit and no boundary. Expectation says that I can go for more. That's why we're raising up new campuses. That's why we're doing the things that we're doing and making room for more people because we want to see the power of God. We want to see God move in such a way that people's lives will be changed and they'll grab a hold of the reality of what Jesus said when he said it was finished. Stay with me. The title, the sermon series is called It Is Finished, but if I was going to give this a subtitle, I would say, you got this. Look at your neighbor and say, you got this. You got this, girl. But here's what he did in Colossians. He said he disarmed the principalities. He disarmed the powers of darkness. He made a public skeptical spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. In other words, he made a fool of the enemy. The enemy's pulling everything out of his belt, and God just shows up with grace. He nails it to the cross, and that's it. He disarmed him. That easy? Yes, it's that easy. Now we have to embrace that thought. Now we've got to get that. Jesus ain't going to do everything for us. There's some things required that we have to do, and I'm going to give them to you. I believe that there's some practical ways that you can actually embrace the reality of what Jesus said is finished. Right here, the first one is you got to have, you've got to have a desire. You've got to have a desire to change. Remember the man here? He had a desire to change because he showed up with expectation. He didn't have no money. That's why he was there. He was looking for money. But he got something. You ever heard anybody say he got, the Lord got a hold of him? 
Well, I can tell you that the Lord got a hold of me. He still gets a hold of me. You know what I'm talking about. You got to have a desire. You got to want to. You got to want to. If you're going to go somewhere in life, if you're going to go to that, to that, to, to fulfill your dreams and your vision and your purpose in your life, you have to have a desire to go to the place of reality and get what those things are in your life. It all hinges on the cross. That's the beginning point. There's no way to the Father except through the Son. That's it. He says you got to have a desire. Psalms 37, chapter 37, verse 4, it says, Delight yourself in God, in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. He didn't say desire. I like what he said. He made it plural. He said desires. I have many desires that I would like to see fulfilled. But God says the first thing you got to do is you have to delight yourself in me through a power of expectation. you got to expect through the enjoyment and the presence of enjoying me because the word delight means to enjoy God. You want to enjoy God? You want your desires filled in your life? Then you have to enjoy time with him. You have to enjoy him. There's no way to get your desires fulfilled unless you delight yourself in God. That's first. Because many times we want the desires. How many, how many are just like me? You just be, you'll be boldly admit, you don't have to raise your hand, but you'll just admit that you want the desires of your heart to be fulfilled. But sometimes we want things, but we, want, we don't want to do what it takes to get them. You have to delight yourself in God and enjoy Him, who He is, what He did for you on the cross. What he did, when he said that he nailed it to the cross, he nailed it to the cross. He really did. Now I just delight in that moment and enjoy that moment with him that I'm delighting in everything that he said that I can have and that is not mine. And now my desires are fulfilled. That easy? Absolutely, that easy. These are practical ways. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, not that I have already attained. I'm glad you kind of asked that question too, but but what happens if we haven't attained it yet? Well, that's what Paul said. He said, I haven't attained this thing. I'm not perfected. But he said, Paul was saying that there's some impurities in my life or there's some imperfections in my life, but I still want to grow. There's some imperfections in my life. I still want to grow. I still battle and sometimes and struggle with my anger issue. I still battle and struggle with perversion. But I have to go back to the cross. I have to go embrace the reality of who Jesus said I was and who Jesus says I'm not. And I have to embrace the reality to know that my anger issue and my perverted mindset is no longer mine to to struggle with. It's been nailed to the cross. Now it's time to move on, press on, let some things go, and go where God says I can go. Because Paul said I press on. He said I press on. I haven't attained it yet. I just want to encourage some people. You're waiting until you get a hold of it first. No, God says you press for it. Then we'll see what happens next you got to press for it. That's what happened with the woman with the blood issue. She had it for 12 years. She, had, she spent all of her money, all of her earnings, everything, bankrupt. But one day, there was a man named Jesus Christ walking down a street in a little old town. And she decided that, you know what, there ain't no people going to keep me back from pressing into what I need to get in my life to bring healing. She touched the hem of Jesus' garment. She was healed. But the power of that is, is that she touched Jesus' garment and he actually turned around. When grace lays eyes on you, you better get ready for your life to be changed. You better get ready for your circumstance to be changed. That when you've pressed enough and you press through the junk and you press through the crowd and you press through the people that never said you would ever able to attain it, when you press through all that stuff, when grace turns around and says, whoa, something touched me, when grace turns around, 
be ready for your life to change. Don't be surprised. Like, whoa, what happened? It's the press. You got to keep pressing. You got to keep pressing your life. Paul said, I'm pressing on that I may lay hold of what has got a hold of me. I can assure you that Jesus said, it is finished. He's laying a hold of you. Now he's waiting for you to press on so you can lay a hold of him. Next one, next one. Verse 13, he says, here's what he says. Here's how he does it. He says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended this whole thing or seized this whole thing. But he says, one thing I do know, I'm going to forget. Those things which are behind me, I'm going to reach to those things which are ahead of me. Sometimes we have to let go of some things. I know that your knuckles are white, mine are too. There's some things that I don't want to let go of my life. But I know that if I want to go to the next level, then I have to let some things go of my life. You ever heard them people say, man, I'll have my, my hands on the back of that pew and that preacher, he was, he was preaching hellfire and brimstone and the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Ghost came and my, my hands were all white and all these things. Remember that? I couldn't even get up. I fell back. Everybody else slept, and I was still sitting there like this. Believe it or not, that's happened. I've heard testimonies of that. That's a radical transformation. That's people that are willing to forget things but left behind and embrace the fact, the reality that Jesus said it's finished. It's paid. we got to forget some things. The word forget simply means to lose out of mind. Let it run around the track. There's probably some people right now coming to your mind. The next one is you, got, you, gotta, you, have, to, you have to want to, or you can do, you can do. The first one is you, want, you have to have a desire to want to. The second one is you've got to have a desire to can do mentality. You have to have confidence. I believe there's some people today that's probably struggling with lack of confidence. I said it in the first service, say it again. I just sat back there. The first service, man, I was just, I was running around. I was running some circles back. I was so nervous. I was like, man, Lord. And you know what God told me? He said, just follow me. Because I said, Lord, I don't want to be seen. I want people to see you. That's what I want. And he says, have confidence in me, and I just want you to follow me. Because here's what he says in Philippians 4.13. And I know that most people, we probably had this on a plaque at our house and all these things, and we know it by heart and everything. But how, much, how many times do we actually apply it to our lives? How many times do we revert back to it? We walk by it every single day. He says, I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens me and empowers me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Not in myself, but in Christ's sufficiency. I'm self-sufficient. I am ready for anything. How many is ready to say, I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength. My outer man may perish, but my inner man rises up whenever I have a level of expectation with a confident peace. The third thing is you got to have a plan. How do you do it? you got to have a plan. you got to want to. you got to have a desire. Some people don't desire it. They don't want to. They don't want to change, but they don't want to desire. They don't want to do what it takes to get it. They want breakthrough, but they don't want to do what it takes to get it. The next one is you got to have a can-do mentality. The third thing is you got to have a plan. And I think this is a good plan right here. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by, surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, he says, let us lay aside every weight. It didn't say that God was going to come by and take away your weight. 
some people in here and myself, sometimes I'm just waiting for God to, God, will you just please take this weight? And God's saying, would you just lay it to the side? It's already nailed to the cross. You're living in depression. You're living in this moment. You're living all stressed and worried. It's already nailed to the cross. And you don't know what to do in this next phase of your life. You don't know what to do with this decision or that choice. It's already nailed to the cross. You've got to lay the weight to the side. The word weight actually means a bulk or a mass or something prominent that will cause a, a bulging sense. If there's something weighing you down that's, that, that's, that's heavy on your life right now, then God is just saying lay it to the side. Lay it to the side. And the sin which easily ensnares you. The sin which easily ensnares you. The sin. We get tangled up in sin. We get tangled up in missing the mark. We get tangled up in, in all these things. We get tangled up in adultery. We get tangled up in, in all these messes in our life and all these things. He said, lay these things aside. Go to the cross. Go to the place where it's all nailed and get healing for your life. Get healing for your marriage. tough sometimes. It's a struggle sometimes. It's not easy. It's not easy to throw away the weight, throw it to the side. It's not easy to let it go. But see, when Jesus comes in your life, you'll want to get rid of those things. You'll want to get rid of those things. You'll want to lay those things aside. You'll want to see that weight gone. You'll give up that sin. You won't go to the same places that you used to go to. You won't visit the same people. Your influences will begin to change. That's why it's important you get involved in connect group. That's why it's very important you get involved in connect group. Everybody needs a connect group. Why? So we can all walk through life together. So we can help each other. Because sometimes it takes getting around the right people to take you to where God is wanting you to go. Sometimes we wonder why we're in the shape we're in. And we just look around and we look at all of our friends. I can tell you why we're in the shape we're in. All my friends here this morning. <laughs> but no, we grow from that. Paul said, you know what, I got some imperfections in my life. But I desire to grow. I want to grow. I can do this. With man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Not a few things. Everything that you're facing today is possible with God. Everything. Everything. Let me give you the results today. Acts chapter 3, verse 6, it says, Then Peter said, remember what he said to the man? He said, he gave his attention. He gave a high expectation. And then he looked and he said, silver and gold, I don't have any. But he said, what I get, what I, what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones were strengthened. Immediately there was strength that come to his life. Immediately because he had expectation. I believe that it started with his attention and his expectation to believe. Maybe he did, his expectation wasn't in the right place. Maybe he was believing for money. But God still used the situation because him being in that condition, he still had a level of expectation and immediately, he was changed. Verse 7, or verse, yeah, verse 7. And he took him by the right hand, he lifted him up. 
That's what brothers and sisters do. That's what people in the body of Christ do. We lift up others that need to be strengthened. We lift up others that need to be strengthened. We lift up others that need, need help in their life, that need encouragement in their life. We lift them up. We don't build them down, tear them down. We lift them up. The Bible says that he went around praising. I mean, there was some shouting going on, shouting in the church. Whoa. He was praising God. And I believe today, watching my line and right here in the auditorium, I believe today that if God come and healed your condition, that you would praise him too. That thing that you're struggling with, that anger issue. I had a guy come up to me at the last service. He said, Chris, I have a terrible anger issue. Would you want to meet sometime so we could talk about anger? I've never told anybody. I haven't, I haven't been talking. I don't have anybody to talk to. But when you said anger, that's what I deal with. And he said, I need help. I said, well, I still struggle with, with it. I still struggle. I still battle. But I know, and I told him, I said, you have to go to the reality that it's already nailed to the cross. It's not yours to take. <laughs> that anger is not yours. 